You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Episode, episode 500. Uh, we're going to do The Cure, Pornography. In the room I have Rob. Hey, howdy. What's, what's up? I forgot how to sign on. <laughs> ben. I also am here. Uh, John. I'm in the room. And on the line, I have Kyle. Waiting for the death blow. Yes. There it is. <laughs> Pornography is the forest duo album by the English rock band The Cure, released on the 4th of May 1982 by Fiction Records. The producer was Phil Thornelli, and The Cure, and the genre is goth rock and post-punk. I'm going to read from all music reviews, Stuart Mason. Later hailed as one of the key goth rock albums of the 80s and considered by many hardcore Cure fans as the band's best album, Pornography was largely dismissed upon its 1982 release. Withering reviewed as a a leaden slab of whining and moping. The truth, (laughs) as usual, is somewhere in between. Pornography is much better than most mainstream critics of the time thought, but in retrospect, it's not the masterpiece some fans have claimed it to be. The overall sound is thick and murky, but too muddy to be effectively atmospheric in the way that the more dynamic disintegration managed a few years later. For every powerful track, like the doomy opener 100 Years and the clattering desolate single The Hanging Garden, there's a sound over substance piece, a filler like The Figurehead, which sounds subtly bleak but doesn't have the musical or emotional heft this sort of music work requires pornography is an often intriguing listen but it's just a bit too uneven to be considered a classic such a harsh review all right what do we think of the cure pornography from this book Stuart mason from all music review Uh, what do we think Masterpiece. 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 I agree with Stuart Mason. (laughs) I'm not that big of a cure head or or goth to say that I could say this is a masterpiece. I'm I'm with Ben and I'm with, uh, you know, uh, some of the others, like the initial Rolling Stone that gives it one and a half stars. This album's a slog. Uh, No, not for me. Hey, hey, uh, Birch, you said it was a, a doomy opener? Do me with a Y, do, not two words. Do me. Do me. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's your thing. Maybe you want to get nailed to 100 years, and that's cool. I support you. Could have been gloomy. It doesn't matter if we all die. Is it, it says do me opener, as in doom. It is do me. All right. I think it starts off really strong. Yeah, it does. I think uh, 100 years? Yeah. Yeah. That's how you fucking open a record. I think it starts out the strongest of the entire album. Hmm. Think it goes downhill? Eh, 
it's not necessarily downhill. I don't hate it. I just, I guess I am not a hardcore Cure fan. I, I think this is a, it's a slog to me. It's all just gloomy mud with, yeah. it's all gloomy mud and nothing to hang my hat on. The closest it comes to a single is The Hanging Garden, which is fucking saying something. Yeah. Because that's not a single. I know. You know? Yeah, I, it, I, I only, I only, sorry, I only knew this song from, uh, I mean, this album from the single Hanging Garden on like one of the singles. Yeah, something like albums. Staring at the Sea or something. Yeah, like but that. it is not yeah. a single. <laughs> I mean, it has a good Absolutely guitar line. They, ha- they were obliged <laughs> to release something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you know, I, I never claimed to be goth. I liked the Cure. I liked the Cure when I was a teenager, but like most of what I liked could be traced back to galore. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't for me. I'm not smoking cigarettes in a graveyard. Uh, this is not my album. I wish I was smoking cigarettes in a graveyard. That sounds <laughs> awesome right now. It's hot out. Cicadas, cicadas. Oh. I mean, I don't even know where you buy cloves anymore. But <laughs> give me some BDs. That write-up mentioned the uh, the production of this record. What did you guys think of the production? Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's murky as shit. The, the enemy uh, reviewer, David Hill, wrote that it sounds like Phil Spector in hell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. All the sound is really close, pushed in. Except for the, yeah, but the drums. Oh, the drums are, like, huge. Yeah, very big and, like, Killing emphatic. Joke yeah. drums, Echo and the Bunnymen drums, because he loved those bands. But then you could have had the killing joke. I don't know. We, we like, did have killing. Joke. I know, and I and I think we all loved it because it was just it was so much there in in your face. And I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a slog on this album, but it doesn't go anywhere for me. Yeah, you know, and and not that a song has to if you have enough there. But I think they stuck so much on thematics that they lost out. I mean, that said, oh, it's probably, style. Probably the most I would think like pure gloom song on the album cold that that's my sentiment that was my favorite song yeah i mean Cold's opened great. opened with 100 great. years solid cold I, <laughs> I actually really liked but the rest of the album it, it was it was a thing where you were picking things to like oh i like that guitar oh i like that synth line oh i like the way they pan the drums on this but it's not like it's not like oh shit i'm listening to this song and i'm blown away it's i'm looking for things to like hmm I'm listening to it and being blown away because it sounds like an epic trance of psychedelic goth that should be played very loudly in a very big space on a very bad PA system. So, oh, in this I last see. few, in this last couple weeks, I have not been listening to this loudly in a big space. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, an assault, big. and it's very much a psychedelic trip of. Of, uh, of yeah, hell. I mean, it, it is literally, they wanted to make this cacophonous, you know, going back to the the old uh, classical composers and in, in create these sort of maller symphonies of noise and uh, distortion. I thought, and I think they did a good job because I will say the one thing that it is very hard is it's very tiresome on your ears. It, it, it su- it can make you suffer from the sort of assault that it that it presents. I think with the mm. with what it's doing in the songs. I had no fatigue. Really, like multiple times listening to it 
over and over again. Huh. I, I had no ear fatigue. I, 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 the, that Elvis Costello record made me fatigued more than this does. Like, huh. And this just may be hitting the sweet spot of tones I enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had never listened to this record. Like I said, I only heard The Hanging Garden. Um, but I listened to it, and I knew that it was one of those records that The Cure kind of like trot out to play in its entirety when they do their live shows, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've always loved The Cure as a live band. I think they were an astonishingly tight, like really good live band. And um, I listened to pornography, like a few different like live versions in its entirety, and it it rips. Like it rips live, like um, especially one hundred years. Like for our English listeners, Kyle, does rip mean good or bad? <laughs> oh yeah, is it cracking? It's <laughs> bangers and mash. <laughs> uh, y'all, y'all that are on the masterpiece side of this debate, do you think the Cure in nineteen eighty one, nineteen eighty two is doing this thing better than Susie and the Banshees in nineteen eighty one, nineteen eighty two? I think they took different, and they took from Susie. I, I think they, Robert Smith's the first to admit that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in the band, I mean, he looked up to yeah. Susie, but I think that they they realize there was something to her the the psychedelic playing, the getting out there, the the sort of out of your mind, you know, experience that people want to have at shows, and they decided to self destruct. Because they were in, they were famous. Robert Smith didn't like. He he was sitting in between, just like Ziggy and David Bowie. Right? It's like, where do you go now? You're famous. Now you're on the cover of these magazines. You're either going to, uh, you have to find a line what you're going to do with yourself. Right? You can't go back to your old mates because they're either you know jealous or uh, you know you're perceived differently once you. Once you uh, get the, this famous, or once you are perceived to be this famous, there's a there's a breaking point there where what do you where now do you go? And I think Robert Smith just wanted to throw it and destroy it and and just say we're just gonna make the craziest, stupidest album that is noise and and I'm just gonna like lay it all out there. We're gonna do as many drugs as we can uh, and get really really weird and just see how this how it ends up. No, nah, man, you, you suck it up and you write love cats. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I don't, I don't see this as noise. Like I, I, I don't, I, I, I the production value is cacophonous for yeah. sure. But like, I, I don't see it. Like these are well-written songs and yeah. like the, the, the concept that this was a throwaway, like what, uh, what Neil Young did to get out of his like record contract. It, it, it's, it's not the same thing. It's a, it's a different, we're, you know, it may be trying to like self destruct, but if you were really trying to self destruct, you'd you'd fucking right, you'd, right, you'd, no, you'd, no, you'd put out fucking like a bunch of fifties covers. I did, uh, yeah, you know? I kind of said that wrong. Maybe not self destruct. It's just like just going for it completely, just giving yourself the opportunity to to fall down the the well. Yeah, completely. Yeah, and I I, I think uh, you know. A lot, a lot of people don't get to do all those drugs and uh, right. come come out the other end and not uh, hanging yourself. And well, Robert Smith somehow like managed that. Well, I think that's what this is exactly. It's like, oh, well, I was I'm at that point where I'm either going to blow myself up or I need to put this all out there, regardless of what it commercially sounds like. 
And so, no, just but, not, but, not, uh, and but I, not, I, not I, in an unstructured way. But I, I know I know that's what he said, but that's not how depression works. Right. There, there's, <laughs> there's no, like, oh, I'm getting all this sadness out, and then all of a sudden I can go, right, just like heaven. That's not real. Right. Like, you know, if he was in a bad place, sure, but this record may be a catharsis in some way, but there's... All of the shit that was bubbling up because of this record wasn't tamped down by the creation. No, and I, and I didn't mean it in that way. I didn't mean that this was somehow he's cured. Oh, no. and, I, and I wasn't... It, wasn't, it wasn't the cure. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying <laughs> yeah. to say that you were, but the way that I read what he wrote yeah. really... Like, I, I hate that, like... I'm just, I'm just pulling the poison from the wound. Right. Like, get, get the fuck out of here. That's not how any of this works. Yeah. That's not yeah. an accurate depiction of mental health. <laughs> no. Smith, uh, Smith was a pretty cheeky dude. I mean, he's still, he's still pretty cheeky, but I've got a lot of quotes from like, he used to talk to cure fanzines like back in the day. Like, That's awesome. And um, <laughs> I've got a couple quotes. I think you guys might like um, the hanging garden. This is his quote to a fanzine about what it's about. He says, the hanging garden is something like about the purity and hate of animals fucking. Um, <laughs> next song, Siamese twins. And I think Siamese twins is about the hate and purity of people fucking too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's like when Kurt Cobain, you know, named a song, I hate myself and want to die. I mean, he's just being cheeky, you know, like, yeah, a lot of these songs are dark, like figurehead. Not one of the best songs on the record. I were uh, Teen Kyle would have been obsessed and depressed by this. <laughs> I but love like, it. But I'm I'm with you, Boggs, on Cold. That song is a banger. Yeah. Um, Did you hear that part on Cold where it sounds like it's ice cubes that are cracking in a glass? Oh, right? Isn't that oh, cool? Because the song's about being cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's expert Foley. Yeah. Uh, also, in the words of Robert Smith regarding the album's conception, I had two choices at the time. They were either to completely give in, uh, commit suicide in, you know, so many turns, or making a record of getting it out of me. He also claims that he really thought about, he thought it was it for the group. He had every intention of wow. signing off, wanted to make the ultimate fuck off record, and then just be done with the band. He said he was so mentally exhausted at that period of time, and just, you know, the band had been touring for 200 days out of the year. It just got too much and they were just like, didn't want to do it anymore. And so this was kind of that record to say, uh, let's just drink, do LSD. We're good. We're still going to make a record because, but it should be something that, that we want to do in that, in the, in just kind of, a experiment and go for it. pretty intense process that they went through to to write this for i mean they knocked it out in three weeks yeah but they slept in the studio and just drank and did lsd and i guess like had an early morning to mid midday kind of regiment like okay wake up at eight you know go till noon and then just do all the drugs and be shredded <laughs> yep 
So four hours a day and then partying your dick off until you wake up again and do four hours a day. So four hours a day over the course of three weeks. So four hours times 21 is what? Four times 21 is four. 84. So this took uh, 84, 84 hours to do. I'm sure there was maybe a little like bleed in before the acid hits and you get drunk. So it might have been a little. That's well, not so bad. <laughs> yeah. If you had the money to do that kind of recording schedule, that sounds lovely. Yeah, knock it out in 100 hours. That sounds, that sounds <laughs> yeah. really nice. 100 years, 100 hours, done. Man, but there was AC in that place and everything. <laughs> uh, they said that they, they would like bring in a trash that they would find outside and they built little castle, like a little room in castles. They would just oh. stack things up in the studio. They, and That's gross. Use the beer cans. like. As, uh, yeah, they never threw out any of the They didn't like, throw anything out. Anything. They just like made these little like... <laughs> You know, like when you're like quarter in college, college. <laughs> and trash you're, castles. Yeah, you're yeah. making trash castles. <laughs> so the triple deuce, essentially. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I remember the house. You guys lived there. <laughs> uh, how ballsy is it to name this record? Uh, That's how you get records. pornography. Yeah, I thought pornography is. I mean, they just wanted it to be. They wanted it to be shocking. I mean, they. They're trying. I it doesn't sound like fact. pornography. <laughs> I think that it's like if you take like I get that it's shocking, but I don't think that it's a very accurate. It's I don't think it's apt. Right, soft cell sounds like pornography. Soft cell sounds like nonstop sexual cabaret <laughs> could have been called pornography. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this this album should have been called Trash Castles. <laughs> Or taboo. I got a I mean, nervous googling uh, the cure pornography. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, some the, rule forty two Robert Smith stuff. The shit that popped up on YouTube with the cure pornography. Like, so I, I I put into YouTube the cure pornography backwards because I wanted to know what the backtracking was at the beginning of pornography and the whole. The whole thing was like, uh, how do you know if you're addicted to pornography? Like, just <laughs> like, here's, here's the cure. Pages and yeah, pages yeah. of it. Pray the whacking away. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it just represents something that we haven't gotten before. And it's it's these monot- almost monotonous drumming, like a drum machine that is just so soaked in echoes and... And yeah, well-composed songs with the guitar that just seems so large. Mm -hmm. But I see your point. Like, okay, listen to this in the correct venue so you're getting both the auditory and the visual physical stimuli of just being in a a large, like, a numinous space where you're just a drop in the ocean. It's a headspace album is, is really what I... I think about it when all those people in the sixties were trying to do the psych stuff. I think the cure has with this album does a better job than a majority of those, those albums of, of a trance like element that, that, you know, kind of strikes at, at a humanity, your humanity or, or whatever you want to say. The punks had done speed. They were drinking beer the Goths were the ones doing mushrooms and LSD. What about the psychedelic throwback bands? Like, I'm sure they were also LSD. And, yeah, yeah. That just reminds me of the name of that uh, that '80s era Flaming Lips comp. Finally, the the punk punk are, doing, take, are doing acid. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that until this this week of how 
the the way the it's these uh these elements are structured the sort of killing joke and echo and the bunnyman and you know it almost sounds like the the songs are sort of melting with that chorus and then i think the bass on one of these has a some sort of modulator mm-hmm. it's like a it's not a ring modulator but it, it has some sort of modulation and they're using a bass six which is a baritone yep. that doesn't quite sound like a bass it doesn't quite sound like a guitar it's is that what simon gallop's playing bass yeah. six yeah interesting well and, and then like on short-term effect they're they're running the echoes but then they're running them to like descend yeah they go up and down yeah. so it, it everything seems like slightly off yeah it definitely it, has that like oh am i on drugs feel? yeah it feels like stretched <laughs> yeah. out like, yeah unnaturally yeah it's that it's that scissor yeah but you know whatever they were doing in 82 chopping and screwing yeah <laughs> animals <laughs> people also chop and screw <laughs> Do you want to hear what Kreiskow said? <laughs> you wrote it down too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you can go for it, Robbie. It's, it's not, cool. not, buddy. Uh, I, I, I will throw out before you say it that Kreiskow just fucking hates the Cure mm-hmm. and has always hated the Cure. Yeah, but he was not alone on this album when it came out. Not in, at in all. the hate. The hate was well entrenched. So he, you know, with an army of haters behind him, said, "Cheer up! Look on the bright side. You got your contracts right." And your synthesizers? Bet you'll have fun with them. Believe me, kid, it'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, before, and before that, he started quoting him, uh, saying, uh, In books and in films and life, in heaven, the sound of slaughter as your body turns. No, I can't go on. I mean, why so glum, chum? <laughs> <laughs> I would watch a movie with uh, Christgau as the Joker. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> a fucking movie. Turn that frown upside down, yeah. back here. Uh, Would you so watch cool. a movie where Christ Guy was trying to get the secret of the ooze <laughs> from the Ninja Turtles? I would. Oh boy. I don't know if he's still alive, but I would watch that. <laughs> I think he is. I do want to say this is the period of time, too, where they're really starting to dress up. They're starting to look the part uh, and develop their trademark, like big hair. You know the spiky hair sm- and the lipstick, which smudged. But around the eyes, though, is the thing that I didn't know. I, I thought that I thought it was like eyeliner. He's just fucking like lipstick around my eyes. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. But it's like Steve Buscemi wiping off Adam Sandler's name of the list of people he's got to kill. <laughs> <laughs> but they're always on acid and all these drugs. And so when they're under the lights and they're playing in front of an audience, it just looks like the fucking Joker, like melting their faces <laughs> because they haven't slept and like they're not showering. It's just like. It's like Sid Barrett when his head yeah. was just melting. So that was just them. And it worked his, out great for Sid Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they've just like been smacked in the face with like a fistful of makeup or something. Oh, the makeup gun. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all I had it set to war. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you were already there because that's where I was going, man. Yeah, I got yeah. you. <laughs> I had read too. He, he they were playing some shows and he, he just flew back uh, during this time. He flew back home and he was just not going to play the rest of the sh- his shows. And his dad was like, "What are you doing? People paid for those tickets. Get back on tour." It's like Lars's dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And meanwhile, Lowell Tolhurst wakes up and Robert's gone. He's like. <laughs> 
I guess I live in Hamburg now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there had been a lot of infighting in the band. Like, yeah. it was, uh, yeah. he was alone because the other guy had also left. Yeah, and then there was one, and yeah. his name is Lowell. Yeah. <laughs> Lowell. Oh, Lowell. So is he, I know that this is his last album playing drums with The Cure, because from this point moving forward, he is their keyboardist, is that yep. correct? Yeah. Oh. Is he doing? Is he doing double duty on this one? He did uh, record keyboards on one of these tracks. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Lowell's fucking great. <laughs> so, officially at this point, the Cure is a three piece. Yep. At yep. the Cure's shows at this point, if you're going to see a por- the pornography tour, mm-hmm. is it a three piece on stage making the sound, or do they have some some auxiliary bros? I do not know. I thought it was a three piece, but I could be wrong. They're, they could have had yeah, some on like Lowell stage. can't be playing you're right. drums and keys at no, the same right. time. He's but if, not, if they had it taped, it wouldn't matter. As long as he oh, had so a click in his ear. Robert does play Backtracking is not cheating, but... bud. If you're live, it is. Don't play to a track. I'm trying to remember if this oh keyboard God. also plays with a guitar. There's plenty of people because... that are willing to get on that stage and play instruments with you. Don't play to a track. Because Getty Lee will do keyboards and guitar. He will. What's happening that's some, that's, here? That's some <laughs> Ashley Simpson shit. Do you, do you think that Christopher Lee was on stage with Rhapsody when they were doing their fucking well, live that, shit in 2003? That, that's Christopher Lee's Get voice. out of here. That's not... Oh, and do you think there was an 80-piece orchestra in the background do, do, do also think, doing stuff? It do, always do you comes think, back to Rhapsody. It's always going to come back to Rhapsody, you sons of bitches. <laughs> do you think that... Hiring a touring keyboard player is the same as convincing Christopher Lee to go on tour with you? Because those are two different beasts. That, that, they were his favorite band. That was <laughs> I still bet he wouldn't have gone on band. tour with them and done that intro oh, every night. You don't think oh, he would have. I don't think Rhapsody can afford Christopper Lee on I, tour. I think is this, is this the kind of stuff that gets cut out of us? Yes. Yeah, so, Rob, do you want to know what the uh, backwards uh, vocals are on the beginning of the I mean, Did you find it? I did find it. Sweet. Let's so see. it's a segment by a uh, presenter from BBC2, Robert Whiting, talking about uh, the opera that's going to be at Covenant Garden. That's pretty boring. Yep, super boring. But play it backwards and it's spooky. No, no, you pick something that's already spooky and play it backwards. You can... You can play, it doesn't really matter what you choose to play backwards because it's going to Wait, wait, like, you just said it does. No, no, no. <laughs> he switched it up on you. Ah. Are you on acid no. too, Ben? No, no, what I'm saying is if you want the sound of, va- of, of backmasked track <laughs> yeah <laughs> it doesn't really like, anything that you pick is gonna sound like gobbledygook so yeah. pick something cool okay pick something cool okay yeah. okay because somebody's gonna run it backwards on their you know record player or whatever and yeah at least uh, get, leave them an easter egg don't yeah. have it be like oh the opera's all right yeah that's basically what it was <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you found out yep yeah. I, looked, I, I looked and all i got was uh how to stop masturbating <laughs> how's that going <laughs> Hasn't worked yet. <laughs> poorly, John. It's going poorly. Thanks for asking. You can't trust the internet for advice that works? <laughs> Not when the internet's also giving me porn. Oh. I had written down uh, that uh, Mark, Mark Coleman from Rolling Stone I said was a, a fucking dingus for uh, claiming that this album is like specifically for people who are super into the cure and that normies wouldn't get it. But apparently... He may have had a point. Normie here. Yeah. You're not, you, but you're not. I'm not you, a normie. You just, uh, I, 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 find it, I find it strange that this is so easy on my ears and apparently not so easy on others. I feel it's like, not that it's not easy on my ears. 
It's, a, it's like the whole. It's just a background slog. Like I have no idea what song we're on right now. It, this it, is the it, figurehead. Could be. Right. Who knows? Who cares? There's right. no way to find out. I care. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I think I think if we combine our hates and loves to find a neutral ground. Who the, said the, hate? Well, okay. The 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 not loves and the loves and tried to use some techniques like Birch was saying. Like I think that if I went and I heard this album and it was in a punk club, goth industrial club, and it was after all the bands had left and the lights were on and it felt weird and I've had probably too much to drink or something else and this album comes on, I would like it. Your titties <laughs> busted out. Right, exactly. Wearing a cape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Grinding your teeth. Yep. Oh, so you said <laughs> Gus, John. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're not supposed to see him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Las Vegas in a few months, motherfucker. I'm going to see all kinds of goth, John. <laughs> I am a specter. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the mask. This this show yeah. in the correct in the correct environment in the correct I don't know th- theater or whatever under the correct influences yeah man I could dig it yeah how do you feel about Phaedra in loved this? it oh, fuck okay it. okay hey, yeah amazing. Uh, okay. I really liked Phaedra okay interesting and I don't dislike the cure pornography it's just it's a slog to me okay it's it's like a thirty five minute long background track. Hmm. Did any of you guys in Bloomington get dragged into Matt Armstrong's room at the Triple Deuce where at like four in the morning where he would just put this record on and try to explain to you why it was good while playing bass along to it? Oh, yeah. The last time I ever lived with Matt Armstrong, he was still giving me uh, Cure bootlegs. Um, uh, g- giving you Cure bo- bootlegs? Cool. Dragging you into his room to listen to Cure? <laughs> not cool. I, I never got dragged into his room to listen to the pornography album, but I did get cornered for a one-person lecture on the pedals that Simon Gallup uses. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Right. <laughs> well, I, I, did that make it worse or better for you, Rob? <laughs> I, I avoided listening to the Cure that I didn't know because Matt Armstrong tried to like push the Cure on me. Yeah. Yeah. But this this album's fucking great to me. Fucking love it. So, Rob, this is like when I tried to push Genesis Abacab on you. And- uh, similar, or when you were singing along to Low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like- Sub Pump singing songs at me is always a way for me to not listen to an album for My name 10 is Kyle. years. <laughs> singing Murder City Devils at you postponed you getting into Murder City Devils yeah. by, 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 really? by years. I was doing you such a disservice. Years and years. Just by just shouting, like, press just by shouting lyrics at your face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? You were having such a great mm. time. I didn't want you to stop having a good time, but I was not having one. <laughs> I was being yeah. amiable. I was lonely and sad, and that band was speaking to me. Uh, what do you think when about- I'm lonely and sad, 
Uh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to tap. I feel like the cure of pornography is for lonely, sad people. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I, uh, at my most loneliest and saddest, I went to the Murder City Devils. Yeah, okay. So that's what I want when I'm lonely and sad, I guess. Yeah. Totally fair. I, I also fair. enjoy that band. Yeah. Um, does anyone have a favorite cure record? I think this one. Yeah? This might be it for me, too. I think this is my favorite one. We got Disintegration coming up in a few I days. know Disintegration's yeah. coming up, but I think that this is a more cohesive, straightforward, post-punk, like, this has more rock. I, yeah. I know it's a slow rock, but the rock is there, whereas Disintegration goes into the cure spectrum of, pop, like, a poppy goth. It has the singles. Don't get me wrong. I like it. But I think this is the angry, like yeah, this is a seven release song punch of in the like fucking face of when like it, the Susie and the Banshees juju. This this has the sort of culmination of these different things, and it just feels like the antithesis of like a, a pure cure, if you if you will. the The cure has different elements, and I feel like Boys Don't Cry is is that that fun, happy go lucky, poppy bass. This is their element of their dark post-punk, and then they will get in. They will then stretch into this more pop-centric pop goth. goth yeah, when it comes elements. to the Cure, give me the fucking vampires that sparkle. I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a disintegration boy. Yeah. My long player introduction to the Cure. My, my introduction to the Cure was galore, and mm-hmm. then I moved from that to staring at the sea. So I had all mm-hmm. the singles. My long player introduction to the cure was the head in the door, and yeah. I'm way into the head in the door. Yeah. And would, would you, I, I guess that's pop goth. It's a, it's a, it's just more. Yeah, it has a little bit more of a no snark involved. I, I just don't know a better way to. Yeah, no, that's I, I think that yeah. I, think I think that's that accurate. I like the pop goth. I think. Yeah. There's hooks. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's this one is it is a dirge, an intentional dirge of. Death dirge. Uh, of yeah, yeah. It has almost like a noisy element to it that they're just like, fuck the fuck the like the pop like hooks. Like, forget that. We're just gonna like play two notes and just kinda go there. Yeah. Man, and just to think that they had love cats up their sleeve. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh this also I wanna mention this does get into um this out al- when I think about this album too, I later think of this is Nine Inch Nails. Mm. This oh, like yeah. mm-hmm. this and in Killing Joke is like just combine a couple of these bands in its Nine Inch Nails, mm-hmm. and I love that band. So yeah, I could absolutely see that. Uh, I did want to read. Oh, also uh, there is another podcast that just covers Cure albums. It's so good. It's just called, it's like the Cure podcast. So it goes uh, album by album too. So, I, you know, I usually just listen to those uh, podcasts. They're so good. Um, they yeah, did listen to those guys instead of us. Yes, <laughs> much better. Uh, they did have a quote from Fear of Ghosts uh, that was pulled out, and I thought it was really cool, and it really typified this album. And it's, The further I get from the things I care about, the less I care about how much further I get. Ooh, yeah. that's poetic. Oh, uh, yeah. And, I mean, that just... And that really typifies of like he's getting away from the things he cares about, like the people around him just finding, 
you know, life to be a joy to, to make music, to do that. And the further he, he puts himself into these head spaces of, you know, taking acid and going down the wormhole, the less that he, you know, he cares about how far he'll go. Yeah, he, he lost everybody. Yeah. Once they had, like, some modicum of fame. Like, no one stuck around. He didn't have anybody. Uh, like, And the band was falling apart in front of him because everyone was just like, fuck it. Was the band falling apart in front of him, or was the band watching Robert Smith fall apart? Everyone is falling apart. Okay. Yeah. No, no one was having fun anymore. So it's not just Lowell by himself and Tolhurst wondering what happened to the band? No. He knew what happened to the band. (laughs) He's well aware. He's like, I guess I'll play keyboards. (laughs) Yeah, the only other things that I would add to this. um, Have you guys seen that? uh, Remember during quarantine where that little girl's like song about uh, I wonder what's inside your butthole? I love that song. Yeah. Yeah, Did you see Robert Smith cover that like during quarantine? (laughs) I think so. I missed that day. (laughs) Yeah, you should you should look that up. It's beautiful. He's a delight. The person Robert Smith is a delight. Yeah. Is he still wearing hockey jerseys? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh... <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's a goth movie. Well, I think, I think he... It's a goth he actually, the actual Robert Smith responded like, some girl posted a picture of early Robert Smith and was like, oh my God, let me get some of that. And he's like, hey. And she's like, go Because <laughs> <laughs> she saw current Robert Smith. <laughs> hey. And he's like, no, that's me. <laughs> Not anymore. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah, sure. I'll go first. I will say a hundred years of blood. Crimson, the ribbons (laughs) tighten around my throat. I open my mouth and my head bursts open. I sound like a tiger thrashing in water. And yeah, positive. Oh, okay. 100%. If you want to know what it sounds like when Rob likes something, it sounds like that. Yeah. I don't dislike this. I also don't like it. Neutral yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm going to echo Ben. A um, lot of interesting stuff going on. I actually really like Cold, but one song does not an album make uh, for a positive for me. So neutral. But it's nothing. I wouldn't turn it off. I just wouldn't listen to it. Yeah. What do you think, Kyle? Uh, by the way, my favorite Cure album was Wish. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, yeah, I like this album a whole bunch. Like I said, uh, I was new to it. I, I really liked the live versions of this stuff, um, but I really do appreciate um, the, the the production on this. is It's great. It's Put on some headphones, blast it out loud. Um, don't listen to it on like the sunniest, nicest day, perhaps. Don't listen to it like, like say... In May in the Midwest. Yeah, don't don't mow the lawn to this. <laughs> I literally did. Yeah, no wonder you don't like yeah. it. Sweating your fucking yeah. dick off in the hot sun. I Get out of here. mowing the lawn. It's some nice chance to get some fresh air. This just was not a very good soundtrack for it. If I had heard this, like, uh, in early February, like, when um, the snow was really bad and, like, my tires yeah. exploded on my Jeep, like... I'd be probably a little more into it, but uh, this is good stuff. This is a great record. I think it's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm into this album. It just, I love this, this sort of cacophonous noise. I mean, I was into Neubauten and that stuff. Like anything Mm -hmm. that goes out to Sonic Youth level is, is for me. 
I, I want this like these people just going insane and making beautiful noise for me to uh, to uh, go down that rabbit hole. Uh, also, uh, sometimes we'll say like, what is this album? Like if this was a drink, what would this album be? And I figured out what this was. But do you guys have any guess? Malort. <laughs> Malort. I was going to say Malort. Nah, I, I don't know. Absinthe with a drop of uh, LST. Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I was like, that's it. <laughs> Wait, do they serve that somewhere? <laughs> I have absinthe I'm drinking right now. Ah. <laughs> and? And? <laughs> we'll see. See if it kicks in. All right, that was episode 500. Bam, bam, bam. 501 to go. Yeah. Halfway through, halfway the through. next one will be halfway done. All right, next time we'll be talking about Kevin Rowland and Dexy's Midnight Runners. Oh, fuck you. Tura. 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 Tura